Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just, you forgot to enter. Whoa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. This is Connor Hall of the Golden Hours Podcast, and this is a GDP Minute. And I am like 20 minutes, maybe like an hour and 20 minutes fresh off the podcast I just ran with J.M. Holmes. And, um, yo, dude, like... I'm just a fucking head case, but anyway, I love the podcast, man. You know, it's just, why have I done it for so long? It's it's heartbreaking half the time, but like, I love it, man. I love entertaining people. I love meeting new people. And we just had a great episode today. And I'm like, wait, this is why I fucking love doing it, man. It's fun. It's entertainment. It's a show. And um, anyway, had a great time with JM. You guys, if you enjoy the episode, please, please subscribe, leave us a review, share it with a friend, means the world. I'm trying to grow the show. I'd love to keep coming through for you guys for the rest of my life. And um, I just, we got to grow the audience, man. So just let me know what I can do. How about that? Let me know what I can do. I'm a much better entertainer than I am entrepreneur, truthfully. And so trying to figure it out. Anyway, JM, he's a writer for City on a Hill. He's also a writer for the Kevin Durant show with Apple, Swagger. And uh, he's from Rhode Island. He's from Pawtucket. Another East Coast brethren. Good guy. Um, had a great time. The dude's like 6'8". He made me look puny. And um, really liked to Talked a lot about the writing grind. Just kind of his life. Really interesting life story. He was homeless in his car for a little bit. Lived in Iowa. Lived in China. And uh, hope you guys like it. All love. Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Enter, just, you forgot to enter. And just like that, we're caught in the simulation. Before I introduce my guest on our right, my right, camera's left, who's in the room? We'll start with our engineer. That's not my name. That's all you got today, man? You killed it last time. Luke made a movie in Boston. That's what's up. Great. I'm, uh, I'm Kevin. Also a writer. Oh, where? Also a writer. Nice. That's dope. Um, Jay. I, I didn't ask you to introduce yourself. I was gonna introduce. <laughs> I was gonna introduce yourself for you. Uh, on my right, camera left. Um, I'm, we've been talking for a long time, bro. I know. For a, yeah. for a really long time via email. Um, just because sometimes I get deep on the IMDb pages, and I. And it's always nice seeing someone from the East Coast. And honestly, I see a lot of people from Boston out here making waves, making moves, but not so much Rhode Island. So I was fucking pumped to find your stuff, find, yeah. what is it, your bibliography? Is that what you call it? I mean, one book doesn't count as a bibliography, but yeah. Okay, anyway. <laughs> and um, yeah, man, on my right, I have J.M. Holmes. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, glad to be here, man. Real professional. Um... <laughs> brave new world for me so. I'm, I'm still wearing capris so it's that's not so professional man <laughs> um do you want to give a quick synopsis of who you are and what you do uh yeah sure um so i started in the fiction world got a collection of short stories called how are you going to save yourself um from there was lucky enough to bounce over into the tv business where you could actually make a living on writing because i was sick of like having three jobs just to eat and so um got linked up with tom fontana and chuck mclean for City on a Hill, Showtime show. Ran three seasons of that. Hopefully we'll be back for a fourth because it's 
would be great. And now I'm out here in LA and I'm on Swagger season two, Apple TV. Now, originally though, from Pawtucket. Yes, yes. Uh, well, school in Pawtucket. Can, can I cut you off? I'll go ahead. Yeah. I don't know if you see what I'm wearing today. Eastside pockets. Come on, yeah. man. Come on, Luke. Have you I ever mean, been there? if you have been to Fellini, like Fellini's is the one though. Do you have, you ever been to Fellini's? The pizza place, right? Yeah, right. Isn't it square pizza? No, Fellini's? it's the huge round ones. Concerta's is a square pizza. Oh, Concerta's, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. which is also dope. But okay. but Fellini's is like that. Like that. There's no pizza as good as it. Really? I swear to God. Have you tried anything out here yet? Unfortunately. Really? Is it ass? It's like the one thing you can't find in LA, like food wise. Really? LA's got a great food scene, but like pizza wise, it's either like the really fancy, you know, like uh, Neapolitan wood fired, which are like cool if you're going out, but. What about California Pizza Kitchen? I mean, it's like I'm running the mill, middle grade. It's, it's good, but it's East Coast, you know. Come on, man. Yeah. Like... <laughs> well, I'll be honest, dude. I, was, I think we were talking with a Johan Lennox about it. We had an artist on recently. And I didn't know there was actually such thing as a Boston style pizza. Like that's the way people actually prepare pizza. And I don't what it what do they do? Does anyone know? I, I don't even know what that is. I don't either. No idea. There's like a Boston pizza kitchen here. Yeah. It's like a real franchised restaurant. And I'm hmm. I'm looking at it like, yo. <laughs> I've heard of Detroit pizza. In Chicago, obviously, but in Rhode Island style pizza. Yeah, I saw pizza's real whack. Like, <laughs> that Federal Hill pizza. It's like just the, the cold with just the marinara sauce. My grandma used to crush that shit. Uh, but I, I, it's not. Now, but, question. Did you ever um, consume Big Tony's? Big Tony's? No. I know they have a location in Pawtucket, don't they? Do they? They have like two spots right on Eaton Street in Providence. Golden Crust is like, Oh, yeah. Okay, Golden Crust. You did Golden Crust? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's after a late night at PC, yeah. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, but uh, it, it does the trick, man. Uh, it keeps you from getting too hungover. So, But it's a grease bomb for sure. Like, So you had nights at PC? I did, man. I had a bunch of friends that went there. Um, Would have graduated in, like, 2012. Uh, so, like, they, they were big basketball. They're still big basketball fans. PC's, like, nice again now, which is mm -hmm. dope. But, uh, yeah, many nights. One Fourth of July there, which is pretty dope. But that's weird because it's, no one's in school, so. Yeah, the off-campus houses. Yeah, yeah, just going nuts. Word, yeah. okay. So, you, um, so you, I, I read an interview before this on, was it a Paris Review, maybe? Mm. So, you, like, you get to college. You're always kind of a smart kid. And then in college, you start figuring out, okay, I think I kind of like writing. Uh, I guess in like a formal way, in like a way that you could be, you know, commercialized at a point, you know, I mean, I wrote before that, I love to make music, the, the lyrics was my first love by far, like I would still do it if I wasn't cripplingly introverted, but, uh, what specifically about the music? No, lyrically, like, who do you like? Ah, uh, I saw you like Frank Ocean, right? Love Frank Ocean, man. Actually, it's it's funny because my son's name, uh, my newborn son's name is Ocean, and it's not from that at all, actually. But everyone's like, "Oh, you named after Frank Ocean." And I was like, "Look, if he ended up being as dope as Frank Ocean, great." But it wasn't, wasn't for that. Um, yeah, I think he is a beautiful poet. I think um, Lupe Fiasco is like my first the lyricist that I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, um, obviously, when we were coming up, well, I'm a little bit older than you, but uh, Illmatic. It okay. was also one of those ones that you're like, oh, shit, like, this is like a movie, mm -hmm. you know? Um, okay. What is your favorite Frank project? Uh, I don't know. I always want to say, you know, uh, Channel Orange, but I think it's, I think it's like starting to become Blonde. Yeah, me too. Like, What's I, your favorite I, song about Blonde? Uh, 
Wow, there's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of cuts off that one. Um, and I'm afraid, I always know about the lyrics, not the title. So it's like, "Hear me tell, I'm dirty dancing on myself, don't love at Solo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I uh, yeah, love that man. Um, What's really dope about Channel Orange is um, he references Ladera Heights and, mm-hmm. and like that part of LA a bunch. Baldwin Hills. Yeah. And so then I drove through it and I was like, wow, this is awesome that like these were the places he was driving through when he was actually making that album. Yeah, man. I mean, back in the day, Ladera Heights was the Black Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah, for real. Like, you know, a lot of cities had that like middle class uh, to upper middle class black community back in the day. And that was like the one in L.A. Um, so it, it definitely has a lot of like musicians always used to come from there, like old, older jazz blues musicians used to be like in Ladera Heights. So who specifically? Oh man, you put me on the spot. I, uh, shit, I'm gonna forget on that. But you guys, for reference, like uh, Ladera Heights is um, if you like look at Culver City from this direction and you see that big ass hill, you guys know what I'm talking about. There's that one hill. Like on the other side of that hill is Ladera Heights. Where are you living these days? Underneath the bridge up the street. No <laughs> That's how most people start now. Uh, <laughs> dead ass. Uh, I'm in Culver City. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah, Culver City is a lot of a lot of young professionals over there. Um, it's a good mix of chaos. It is, man. I, I I swear, as soon as you can, man, get to the east, you're gonna like it more. It's just more. It's less LA. Once you get to the east side of the mountains, like not quite Pasadena because it's bougie, but anything but Pasadena. And what was the name of the area? Altadena. So Altadena. I'm, I'm just north of it. And like that, like literally that's the bougie line. Like you, you cross the highway from Pasadena into Altadena and it becomes cool. And then... Now, how would you compare it to a town in Rhode Island? Uh, maybe the east side? No, I'm saying like Altadena, if that was in Rhode Island, what town would it be? Yeah, maybe east side, east side of Providence. Oh, east side of Providence. Yeah, oh, okay. I just call it the east side. But yeah, um... Yeah, because it's like it's eclectic. It's it's like funky. I mean, it doesn't have as much money as the East Side, but it's it's got that like bohemian feel. Okay, you know what I'm saying? So it's like honestly, I don't know what bohemian is. Like like artsy. Okay, know? it's just like people, you know, let their fucking trees and shit grow wild and do like art on their fucking garages and shit. Is the East Side of Province? Is that where Husband Street Deli is? Where, um, is it on? Is it on? Uh... There's like a gay pocket in Providence. There's like those gay neighborhoods. It probably is the east side because that's just like the most liberal pocket in Providence. Okay, so. I'm just trying to think map wise, east side. Well, because because you went to PC, so PC is like south side, well on the border of the south side. Um, I filmed my first film in Providence. It was called The Adventures of Adderall Boy. Kid takes Adderall, turns into a superhero, and I think we filmed in Mills in the east side. Is that where all the mills are? Uh, all the rundown like brick buildings and... on the east side, like that by down by the highway where the foundry is at. Yeah, yeah, right exactly. Is that uh, the east side? No, or? no, no. That's like center. Okay. You know, like when I'm you go when you start to, when, you, when you start to go up the hill towards Brown on the yeah. other side of the city, that's the east side. Okay, understood. Yeah, yeah. So Hudson Street Deli is not in the east side. Okay, because I've never heard. Of that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's like if you keep driving down the highway. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Um, so you always liked lyrics, and then you take a class in college where you're like, okay, I kind of want to be a writer. And were you like kind of terrified at first when you're like, yo, I'm kind of nice at writing because I've heard horror stories about making writing a career? Not really. Um, I guess I just never really thought it was going to happen, if I'm going to be honest. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I always knew. Like, I, I kind of <laughs> I kind of definitely did not know. So uh, I wasn't terrified till 
I sold the first book and realized like, oh shit, I gave five years of my life to this isn't in this fuck it paid for it. And and that was like kind of a panic moment where I mean, I always wanted to, to write for TV because, I mean, I grew up watching so much TV. Um, but, like, at that point, it was became kind of like a necessity. Like, if I wanted to have any quality of life, I wasn't going to be able to do it, right? Literary fiction. Like, it just wasn't going to happen. So. So, how, then how do you get into literary fiction? I mean, uh, into TV writing? TV writing wrote a script, actually, about uh, Hoopers in Providence and Pawtucket that was kind of supposed to be like a um east coast version of like friday night lights meets but friday night's a little corny but like that feel like football in texas but basketball on the east coast and it was just kids trying to make it and the ones that do and the ones that don't um i mean oddly enough like swagger kind of is that in a different way it's in mm-hmm. the dmv so it's it's weird working on a project that like you conceived of 10 years earlier but um you think they swagger jacked you not at all no. <laughs> reggie if you hear this i didn't did not say that shit man uh no it's actually been it's been real cool to write for it because it's just right in my pocket like it's just my life so um but yeah so wrote that then my literary agent left her small boutique agency went over to icm and icm is one of those agencies that just like can get people and they have a, just a long rolodex so so having an agent was essential unfortunately man it's hard to do it without gatekeepers uh in this industry like it really is like you got to either get lucky and be brilliant you got to be brilliant and be lucky or you or you just need need help of institutions and, and gatekeepers and shit which is unfair to begin with just to access to those kind of people like iowa grad school is what gave me the access to agents and like not everybody has that and like oh you went to grad school in iowa <laughs> what was that like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I met my, met my wife there. Oh, really? Yeah, but she wasn't from there. Uh, she's from Milwaukee. But uh, I drove from Boston to California to get here, and so I spent a whole day in Iowa. Yeah, in oh. Davenport. Are you familiar? <laughs> what town is you Iowa in? Because I drove through it. I was in Iowa City, but Iowa I, City. I, I I've like because I was there for two years, so I've been around Iowa a bit. But da- Davenport is that like right on the Mississippi? It's the Quad Cities. It's like Davenport. It's like it's like right on the Illinois border. Okay. The Quad Cities is like the place where the airport is, correct? In Iowa? Hey, man, I was in and out of that place. <laughs> I wasn't there too much time. <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah, it's not, especially coming from the East Coast where things are just like, you know, the people are dope. The landscape is kind of beautiful if you get to the coast. Iowa is not for me. Like, I was two years and I was done. People who, like, graduate and then stay there for five, ten years, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it, but. I will tell you though, I think I preferred oh, Iowa over Ohio. Yeah, but I mean that's <laughs> come on, Ohio the bars. If you guys just want to ask for depression, just spend a couple hours there. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. I mean the flyover states, as everyone in Iowa who wasn't from the, the Midwest would call it, it is actually like bleak. And I've driven through not quite coast to coast, but I've driven from Iowa to Rhode Island a bunch, and then from Iowa to Cali. So, so you've you haven't done it in one shot. I haven't done it in one shot. Done it in bars. How long did it take you? Well, kill you. Did you, is that the route you took? Okay. Um, I South Dakota is kind of bleak too, though. Till you hit the Badlands, like, yeah. Did you get to check out the Badlands though? Yeah. It's it dope. Covered in snow though, so you couldn't. Uh, I'm unfamiliar with what the Badlands are. They're so. Um, there's that movie. Famous movies by someone who's a film person. Call, call yeah, who's uh, uh, Sheen. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen, yeah. Check out the, you'll, 
and it, it, but that's weird because it really doesn't seem like it takes place in Badlands all that much. Like till the last like last twenty game. minutes or whatever. Yeah. The Badlands like kind of is giving me Fallout vibes. Is like that? Is that kind of what it's like? <laughs> or am I cooked? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like it seems like it's like an apocalyptic wasteland desert. Or am no, I? No, am no, I no, brain no, dead? No. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, bro. There is. That's what I'm saying. No, that's. Oh, is a... that what it is? <laughs> I'm off the gas, man. <laughs> The city's turning me out. It's fucking crazy here, man. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so you um you go to Iowa, you meet your shorty, and you're like, yo, listen, trust me, one day I'm gonna be a big TV writer. <laughs> no. <laughs> so how's it go down? How's it go down? I was like still in shape from basketball and like Oh, were you playing ball out there? No, but I was playing ball all before I went there. So by the time I had At Amherst. Me, yeah, at Amherst and then uh NESCAC. Yeah, NESCAC, shout out NESCAC. Um, yeah, and then just like I was coaching basketball, so I stayed in shape that way because I taught for a few years after Amherst. So basically it just came that I was like still had some, some you know, a little bit of swag and just worked out, you know. But uh, I also think it's like, because she's a writer too. Okay. So I think the real thing is that like in that place it's weird or, or it's unique to find people who really can help you with your writing and fuck with your writing like usually people are either just trying to tear it down or they're just like way off the like different aesthetic so we kind of like clicked on the things we like to write about and like explore and like <laughs> both of us have made decisions that have lost us money just because like we're like i'm not gonna make this a happy ending mm -hmm. so that's not how it would happen and like so i respect that i fuck with that so what was there a formative like screenplay or movie growing up where you're like okay like i love this i love the way this was written i mean my favorite tv shows to this day are are the wire and soprano i was gonna say the wire you must love it uh, yeah but i didn't watch it growing up i was like young for that a little bit um so i didn't watch that until i was like in my 20s and it blew my mind like i i basically i was i was teaching in china at the time and i would like watch it like till like three in the morning, get four hours of sleep, go into work, come home, and like turn turn it on again until I like finish it because I thought it was that good, and I still think it's that good. It holds up. I've seen it again. Seen Did it. you see Wire or Sopranos first? Uh, Sopranos, because I, I grew up and I the Sopranos is actually on. My mom loved that shit because she's like the Italian. Yeah, you're from. Oh, she Italian. Yeah, she's um, watered down Italian at this point, but yeah. But you're around it in Rhode Island. Too. Oh, oh yeah. All yeah. I mean, <laughs> we laughed another day because. Uh, uh, one of the the dudes I work with, he he's a big AAU guy too. He came up in the circuit and like he said, like, every team has like one just Italian on it. That you know, I was like, yeah, Poochie Angel, that's my man. <laughs> Poochie, you know Poochie? Yeah, man. Did you know Poochie? I was gonna film. I I know the grandson. Okay. Because I was gonna film a scene at the Foxy Lady. Yeah. And they run the Foxy Lady. Yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> I remember thinking like, yo, the name Poochie is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He was actually a really nice dude. Yeah, Poochie's a man. Like, you know, he used to have the whole, the whole That's life. the name of the dude who runs this, this famous strip club in Providence. His name is Poochie Angel. Yeah. <laughs> Good shooter. Shoot the rock. Oh really? Yeah, oh yeah. But uh yeah, he was he was a cool ass dude. I'm glad he's doing well. I've talked to him. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you are referring to the grandson. Because I think the granddad's name is Poochie as well, who owns the Oh really? Yeah. I didn't realize that that it was Oh, so we're talking about the same guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what I hooped with in AAU. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. What was the AAU team in Rhode Island? Uh, it was two. Breakers and the Hawks were the two good ones. Um, we both played together on the Breakers, and then eventually on the last year I played on the Hawks. Um, but, okay. But yeah, so. Yeah, man. I, I was over Poochie's house a bunch. You used to always have the team over. Like, it's got a nice family, man. <laughs> nice family. But like, you can see the Sopranos overlay. That's all I'll yeah. say. You can. <laughs> There's that scene in the Sopranos. Um, 
where they like make the trip up to Providence mm-hmm. and like they like go to the retirement home. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they're looking around they're like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, I, lo- I love that. I love that Providence shout out and that uh, Providence is good. Too many shout outs in film, you know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, Dumb and Dumber starts there. For yeah, I mean, seconds. all the Fairly Brothers movies. Are they from there? The uh, Peter Fairly went to PC. Oh shit! Okay, I know that. And so, like, uh, I mean, there's something about Mary. Yeah. Was, um, me, myself, and Irene is all Rhode Island stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Let's go back and check it out. So you um, you're watching this stuff growing up. You leave Iowa. When did when do you get the call? Like, okay, you you're gonna come work on City on a Hill. Uh oh, it was like probably three years after that because I was in China teaching for a year. Sold my book at the tail end of. I was supposed to teach a second year in China. Sold my book and was like, mm, I'm good. So broke that contract. Left. Came back to Milwaukee for a while because my wife was getting her PhD, and then the book money like didn't last as long as I thought it would. So then I just hopped in a car, drove out to LA, was like staying at my cousin's for a bit. Staying at a friend of mine who uh, I knew from college a bit, and then in my car for a bit, and then, really, yeah, and then I get the call. How old are you? At that point, um, twenty three, twenty four. What was that like? Uh, I don't know, man. I was hustling. I was working in two kitchens out here, so I was like, I don't know. I was just loving being in LA. I've always wanted to live in LA, like even before the movie shit. So I was like, just making the best of it. I wasn't, you know, um wasn't one of those like grim stories like on my last dollar it's just i didn't have enough dollars for a house so were uh, you in the truck no no that's that's like i just bought that like two months ago i was in a little uh <laughs> a nissan uh so you just like posted up in the back of the nissan yeah i would just park like you know around uh my my cousin's neighborhood at the time they were living like on the santa monica area and people are like there's just so many homeless in santa monica that they like don't really fuck with you know I mean, they obviously fuck with them, unfortunately, but, like, I did not get fucked with them. So, uh, and then from there... Did you see any, like, wild shit at, like, odd hours of the night? Sleeping in your car? Nah, man, because I, I was parking on, like, really quiet streets around my cousins. Like, I think it's... it's, And that's why I'm saying. Like, I don't want this to sound like it was, like, I was destitute. Like, I was... You know, I, I could have called people and gotten money to get back home or something like that. So mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say, like, it was... Uh, but yeah, it was just like a pride thing. I'd come out here. I didn't want to ask anyone for any money. And so, yeah. And it wasn't long, too. It was probably like a month tops. Okay. So, and it, oddly enough, I got the call then from my agent that was like, oh, how do you feel about coming back to the East Coast? Because the whole time he's like, you got to be in LA for me to get your job. You got to be in LA for me to get your job. Mm-hmm. So I come out here, do all that, working in kitchens, exhausted. And he's like, hey, like, <laughs> you want to go back to New York? And I was like, like fuck you. Dude. <laughs> yeah, basically. I was like, yeah but fuck you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah and then city and in, in, uh had a freelance contract in city i was only supposed to be there uh four weeks tom liked me turned into 10 weeks liked me turned into 16 weeks and then i was there for the whole first season came back for the second so what specifically had you done beforehand that made them want you like was it this was it your book was it a specific script oddly enough tom is a showrunner that like cares less about the the la like who have you worked for like what how have you suffered and what he just like cares kind of about the sample and he read uh one story out of the collection it was like he's like because I, I sent him a uh a, a story and a screenplay he read the screenplay he's like i didn't think much of it but <laughs> but he read the short story and he's like i really loved it so i'd like you to come and freelance i was gonna say also it seemed like um in your book there 
there's just a lot of like dark themes about American society, and it kind of seems like there's some crossover with that with City. I don't know if that was. I would say so. I would say that's why Chuck and I fuck with each other and why we're still friends because he's just. If I'm dark, he is pitch black. So, really? Yeah. Uh, I'm like. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, definitely. I think there's some crossover, and it's 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 as gritty as Showtime will let us make it. I think like you know that's the problem with Hollywood in general is like the executive input always kind of like not always, but can water stuff down a little bit, you know. But I still, I mean, I still think the show is really well written, and I think like obviously Kevin and Alice and Lauren and yeah, the whole cast killed it. But filmed in mass, right? Partially. Partially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They say uh, that for marketing reasons. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It is partially filmed there, but it's just funny because it was a battle every season, like how many shooting days we could get there. And just because it's like, it's just, yeah, unions make it. So you got, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah. You got to hire the whole crew and like locally. And well, I actually don't know how it goes. I kind of averted that whole process in making my film. Luke, you, did Luke let, dip? Here, Luke, did you had to deal with all that, the SAG stuff and yeah, it's the, it's the worst. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, and I think it, it's unfortunate for, like, filmmakers trying to get their come up. Like, it makes it a lot tougher. Uh, but, yeah, so we had to fight every season for how many shooting days we could get in Boston. So how did that? How does that process work with you once the script's already developed? Are you still on set when they're filming in case there are tweaks? Or... Yeah, well, with Tom, yeah. I'll be honest, I don't know who Tom is. Tom Fontana is the uh, he's the showrunner. So he's the big boss of City. Got it. He, he's the one who deals with, like, the executives. And then he's like he's he also did Oz and cool. did uh, uh why why am I forgetting it he's, he's gonna uh, Saint Elsewhere like before Grey's Anatomy there was Saint Elsewhere and, um but anyway yeah so like he he does things really unorthodox so he likes people who don't come from the Hollywood world in terms of writing to keep it fresh and then he also like really likes writers to go to set so they have ownership over the product what's being made. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, I, I think like two years on that project has probably given me as much experience as like five years on, a, on another project. Because especially in L.A., they, they hate writers to go to set because they got to keep paying them. So mm -hmm. they, you know, they usually cut you at 20 weeks and then you're done. <laughs> so are you like, City's doing well, it's a successful show. You're providing writing input. You're kind of like building trust with everyone else. Then how do you get the call for Swagger? Um, so that just like you worked with someone on city or no, it was just, that was just back to the drawing board. Um, in terms of just taking meetings for other shows or whatever. And, um, I think cause my sample that, that basketball show I had told you about, like was so in line with the project that when Reggie, the showrunner, big boss of swagger read it, he was like, okay, this is dude from New York. You're sense. talking about on the phone. Yeah. Okay. From Bronx. Yeah. Uh, cool ass dude. But, um, yeah, so like I think he read it and just it just made sense. Like it, if there was any job that I was ever gonna get in this industry, it was that one. Like a lot of these I'm unqualified for. I've never been an FBI agent, but like played AAU basketball, got recruited, went to college. So, um, so yeah, I think and it's it was, uh, it's loosely based on Kevin Durant's experience. Yeah, very loosely, but yeah, he's okay. he's one of the EPs of it, which is is cool. Although you know the season he's had, uh, he hasn't been like as active on Twitter promoting anything because understood yeah but it's so creatively like is he like i kind of want this to be in the show and then you guys uh no he's not that hands-on with it i think he might have been season one a little bit more but this season it's been just pretty much all reggie and then input from apple so cool 
just trying to ask writing questions for you guys. <laughs> do you guys have anything for him? I mean, two thirds of these guys are writers, so. I do. Go ahead. What kind of stuff do y'all write? Well, what I, I'm really interested in is to hear how you got your literary age, because I'm in the process of finding one with the last book that I wrote. Yeah. It's difficult. Oh, it's, it's super difficult. Hold on. I don't mean to cut you off. So what Killian asks is, how did you find your literary agent? Just so we have it on mic. Yeah, definitely. Um, It is crazy tough, man. And that's why, like, the MFA is the path that I see most people do it. Um, And obviously, that's, like, a crapshoot, too. And there's a bunch of luck involved in getting into one of those. But... I did have a friend, have a friend in New York um, who really, he just like kept going to literary events and like kept meeting people who were either like editors of like magazines, like the Paris Review or like whatever, uh, you know, Callaloo, whatever the the publication and just kept going to those events and being a presence. And then eventually like he, he got like calls to freelance for those magazines. And then from there just like parlayed it into like, oh, you had that really nice, uh, you know, article in the, the New Yorker. So here's it, you know. You can get an agent off of like that kind of stuff, so it's really just a hustle, just being around it, you know. But it is a grind, regardless. Have you felt being from the East Coast and being out here has been beneficial? Like, do you think you have certain behaviors that you grew up with that people don't necessarily adopt out here? Mm, um, what do you mean? I honestly don't know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I mean is like, yo, are all people from the East Coast savages and everyone out here lazy? Uh, nah, people out here are, are like more corporate. They're uh, systematized. Yeah, they're they're not as like, like even the Let fact me bite that, your eyes out. Not even not even, it's not even a grit thing. It's like the, it's it's just like a it's a it's sometimes it's a creativity thing. I feel like even the fact that like you made a film and you just hustled the money. Like, people out in L.A. kind of don't do that as much. They're not, like, they're not willing to just, like, roll the dice and risk it on some creative shit. You know why? Because they're smarter than me. <laughs> yeah, smarter than me, too, man. They played with someone else's money. There's so, you know, there's so, <laughs> so many jobs I could have gotten. And my wife tells me this all the time. Is like, why were you honest in that interview? And I was like, because the show wasn't good. Like, what do, you, <laughs> what do you mean? And so, like, she's like, she's like, you're, like, you're never going to get a job that way. So, I was like, that I had to learn to, like, be less critical of things. Why were you honest? Yeah, I mean, because I'm, I'm critical with my own shit. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm sitting here thinking, like, everything I write is brilliant. Like, I go back to that collection, and I have so many regrets for things I didn't do. So why am I not going to be critical of someone else's shit? But when I am, people are a little bit thin-skinned out here, and I don't get jobs. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's the only thing I would say is East Coast people kind of just tell you they don't do the polite. More abrasive. Not even abrasive, just direct, man. Like, have you ever wasted any words meeting someone in New York? No. Like, I kind of stay out of New York, man. All right. Well, I mean, Boston, I feel like is a similar thing. Like, I remember coming back from the Midwest after uh, I got my MFA and I was teaching on the North Shore High School. Whereabouts? Um, up at Pingree in South Hamilton, okay. so deep North Shore. What are, you, uh, what are you teaching? English? English, yeah. Cool. English and coaching basketball. And uh, I just remember because I had, you know, just come from being in, in Iowa and I was, you know, just like coming out of the house after a big snowstorm and I was like, you know, like, hey, how you doing to someone? Like, well, you want me to buy you liquor or something? And I was like, <laughs> I had to turn, I was like, oh yeah, I remember. okay, I'm back home. All right, I got you. Because like, people just say hi in Iowa and I used to be like that too, like in the grocery line, people be like, hey, be like, what do you want? Don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's it, man. I, I don't think, uh, but I do think LA will change you over time for sure. It's. I mean, if you move anywhere, it will change you. I'm sure you were different when you were in China as well. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I just what was that like? Uh, it was. I don't know. It was pretty dope for a while, and then it was like the worst thing ever. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like where were you? I was in Beijing, and wow. so I got there in the summer, like late summer, and things were awesome because you could be outside. The city's huge. They have like a bunch of like beautiful thousands of years old temples and shit, and you're just running around having good food. And then it's it, it, like the winter hits, and it is brutal. They have brutal winters, and I was not prepared for that. It was like the cold was so bad in the air. The AQI was like 500. You had to like just headaches every day from it. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it gets. Is it is it technically smog? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like the like our AQI in, in LA, I think, is like usually around like the worst days we have, like get up to like 50. And what is it in Beijing? Like 500. Like you can't. Sounds pretty you, unsustainable. You can't see you can't see 50 feet in front of you. Really? Yeah, no, legitimately. And so I was like, I gotta get out of here. Sounds like a, a great place to have a nerf fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're over there. You're teaching, and you're, and I'm sure they love you out there because you're six ten. My kids did. Yeah. No, it was it was cool. Um, the kids were really nice, but kids are kids everywhere. I mean, that's that's the one thing about teaching. You know, I I think is true. They're just like. You're going to have some kids that don't want to be there. You're going to have some kids that are, like, you know, trying to do extra work. And you're just going to have some kids that are cool. I'm, like, getting by. So are you just eating Chinese food the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't eat many, uh, much American food. Oh, there was um, a woman, like, at the end of, so, like, in, in China they have, or in Beijing, they have, like, these huge housing complexes. You've probably seen pictures. But, like, usually each of those has, like, a little corner store. And there was the woman in my corner store who just made the best fucking fried chicken, not even gonna lie. Really? Like better than, you know, if my family's listening, which hopefully they won't, but like even better than theirs. And like, really? Yeah, I ate that way too often. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so bomb, though. You tr but, and you trusted it. Yeah, man, I got a strong stomach. Like, that's one thing. Didn't you just say you were sick? I know, I was, which is crazy, which is just, I think it's, you know, I think it's partially just being a new dad and sleeping less. And like, I've been way more frail than I usually am. Really? Yeah, but like, historically, like, I've eaten every country I've been in and I never had a problem. Really? I cannot say the same for myself when I went down to Tijuana. I've never been to Mexico, though. So, and I heard like water can get, can get rough. But you can't like touch anything in Tijuana. Just like, like everything is potentially hazardous. Really? Everything. Just from from like what, like E. coli stuff, or like? I don't know. Maybe I was just paranoid. But, yeah. <laughs> dude, like you can't touch the food, can't touch the water, can't touch the grass, the was, sand. Was Tijuana dope? Though? Like other than it was like a like a good adrenaline rush for six hours. It's fucking intense. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's a it's really interesting. It's like um. You go over the San Diego border, I think it's called San Ysidro, and you're in this beautiful, almost like suburban area, and it's very clean, everyone has green grass, and then as soon as you get over the border, you're in a third world country. Like, just that, just that line. And so it's this really weird dichotomy between two totally different countries. So like going there, super easy to get in, really no security. On the way back, you're, there's a caravan of like miles and miles of cars, and you just have these people living in a third world country try, like they're trying to sell you puppies they're trying to sell you pottery it's just totally different it's a culture it, it, if you really want to like culture shock someone i would send them down there mm. and yeah. you realize like wow even though like we kind of go through a lot of hard shit in our lives it's we have it good bro <laughs> oh yeah i mean americans in general we, we don't have a lot of perspective on that we are so soft oh yeah but was it the same in china are people uh, more appreciative in china um it's weird because China both there's this there's this dichotomy of thought where they like actively 
hate, hate from the government down kind of like teach their citizens to hate the West. But in the same time, they've like copied the West in bringing all of their people up to middle class. Like that's why the AQI is so high because they're just like coal industry. Like we're just going to do it. And, and you know, it was successful economically. So you do have a lot of people who have like risen to middle class them. Um, but I don't think, yeah, I don't know if the, if the benefits outweigh like the long term, like, cause it is unsustainable and it was unsustainable when we did it in the industrial revolution too. So like, it's, I don't know. I'm not going to cast judgment on that because we did the shit hundred years before. So totally irrelevant. But, um, we had a dude on recently, like when, when you had, when you found out your girl was pregnant, did that shift? How did that shift your drive? Did you be, did you become more driven? Did you become more fearful? Like what happened? All of the above, man. I think, um, like first and foremost, I was like, okay, like no longer are we looking for a house. Like we need to get a house and we need to get a house by like end of February. Cause she was, she was due in April, mid April. And so I just like, Every day, like, because getting a house in LA, especially then when the interest rates were like lowest they've ever been, was just ridiculous. Like, we lost out on like three places because people came in and paid like $400,000 over asking. And so we're like, we might not get a house. Like, so that grind changed a lot. And, and like, just, just you got to make the den. Like, you got to, <laughs> you got to make things, you know, you got to make sure you, you have a, a place to stay and food and all that. So, yeah, the, the, the grind changed more from like, what do I want to do creatively to like, how, how, how can I provide? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so do you feel more disciplined now? Yes and no. Um, it's tough, though, because, like, in our industry, as you know, it's not about what you're doing right now. It's always about what's next. Like, it's, like, what's your next idea? So it's, like, it's hard because, like, yes, I'm more disciplined in terms of, like, keeping a staff writing job and, like, uh, you know, continually taking those bullshit general meetings and just doing all the stuff that will get me the next job. But, like, in terms of creatively pursuing the things I want to pursue I just have had to cut that out so I don't know if it's I don't know if that's discipline or just like an unfortunate casualty of the situation it's probably just short term though I'm sure eventually you'll get back to creating whatever you like to create I think so man but like having a having a baby and having a mortgage like show tv money is like good money but it's really just enough money for that and so it's like before before we had a kid we saved a lot you know, because we're just like two people and a dog. So, and we were renting places that were relatively cheap for the cities we were living in. Uh, but now it's like every month, it's like we, <laughs> once we pay all the bills, it's like $100 in that account. And so it's just, it's nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. um, but once we get financially solvent, yeah, it'll change. Cause it's like she wants to go write another, another novel as well. Her novel came out. Is she out. a TV writer as well? No, she's 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 much smarter than me. She's in, she's in fiction full time. She her debut novel came out in July. Okay. This past year. Uh, was it called Harry Potter? <laughs> I think we both wish it. Would. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, it's called The Comfort of Monsters. Uh good book. Beautiful book. Sad book. Kids book? No. Okay. Dark book. Dark book. <laughs> Got it. So how old so you have a is a son or a daughter? Son. So how old will your son have to be when he can read The Comfort of Monsters for the first time? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, Twenty-five. Damn, <laughs> what is going on in this book, man? <laughs> no, it's just it's it's dark. It's it's about um a domestic homicide and that doesn't go. It 
doesn't go, it's a long it doesn't go solved and it's just a lot of there's sexual violence there's drug use it's just it's hard but it's beautiful and it's like written with a lot of love but it's just i don't know and i just don't know how you look at his mom after that <laughs> you know that's what i always like when when you're when your family <laughs> reads the shit that you write like you're like what is going on in their brain yeah oh my grandma has been hated everything i've done really she's been open about that is she religious yeah, I mean, she is Catholic, but she's, it's more... It's the Italian grandma? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's more so that, like, she just doesn't want to believe that, like, any of those things happened to me, or that, like, that's how I walked through the world. So she's just, like, she just hates it. Yeah. And, she's, and I understand. I mean, I, I don't blame her, but... Do you have a do you have a Catholic thought on death? Because I, I, I have found people who are raised semi-Catholic, that's the one thing that they carry with them throughout the rest of their life. Is a Catholic ideology of death. Of like heaven? Well, like you, at some point you're going to meet your maker and you're going to have a conversation about what you got done here or what you did here. Oh, man. I wish that was true. Um, I, I, I both do and I don't wish that was true, actually. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe that. I think, uh, I don't know. I'm still figuring that one out. I'm very agnostic. Like I, I wish I had the faith, like especially on my dad's side. They're all Baptists. Like before my dad died, he was like, "Should going back to school to become a pastor?" Uh, wow. Yeah. So they have like a, a crazy amount of faith that I think gives them a lot of strength and resiliency. That like I don't like when when times are worse for me, I don't pray. Really? No. And like I think that I think that's kind of like a superpower if you can. I, I think it's like a form of meditation almost. You kind of believe. Yeah. For sure. Wish I had that, but nah. Belief is critical. Yeah. To any sort of success. I agree with that. I, I agree with that whole, wholeheartedly. And like, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, back to our earlier question, it's like, I always believed that my writing was good. I just didn't believe that I was going to, like, make money off it necessarily. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I think you got to believe in what, whatever your craft is. Like, otherwise, why? I think you have it? to delusionally believe in yourself. I honestly think that. It's so easy to pull something down or pull an idea down. Okay, I got it. Yeah, you just <laughs> understood. <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts on death? What happens? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, it's over. Lights are out. Really, lights out. Done. Yeah. So why do we even stress about the day to day then? If if all the same thing is gonna happen. <sighs> Is there some beauty in between, man? That's like the only thing I can hold on to. Uh, I mean, the good, the good moments, they can feel kind of infinite if you stay in them. But, uh, but I struggle with that, man. Like when things are going dark, I'm like, why am I even fucking showing up for the show? Mm-hmm. So the whole script got rewritten. I just spent fucking five weeks on it. Like, why am, why am I doing this? Uh, but yeah, man. I don't know. Searching for the beauty. Why? What do you think? I think there is a divine power. There's been too many times, and this could just be my ego going crazy, but like there's been too many times on the come up for me the past six years where I felt like someone's pushed me in the right direction or something's happened where I could have made another decision, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think that... I think that there's going to be some sort of evaluation. I think someone's going to be like, yo, did you like execute on all the things that like we put in front of you, all the blessings we gave you? That's kind of what I think. I don't know if it's in a form of like a a old white dude with a beard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's a little corny sometimes. 
like I was having a conversation with a Catholic dude recently and mind you, my family is Irish Catholic. I was like, bro, how could you believe that Moses is real? Like, how is a dude going to spread a sea with his hands? He's like, you just got to believe, man. I'm like, what, bro? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think there's wisdom. And, it's a good belief book. It's like a good yeah. mandate, you know? Yeah, I think I think anytime you try to manipulate it for some kind of, you know, earthly objective is when it gets fucked up. But I think if you just read it and think about, like, what the the value is in it in terms of just, like, okay, I'm Job. Everything got stripped from me. But, like, I'm still here. And, like, I'm still... I'm still that guy. Yeah. Like, I'm still... I'm, whatever it is, I'll rebuild it. It's like David and Goliath. Yeah. It's like yeah. the underdog can still catch the W. Exactly. Like, I think, like, all that shit is great stuff to take from it. And, you know, there's value in it. But I think whenever you start to get, like, real... Too literal. Yeah. Or, like, God ordained me to, like, kill all these people or drive them out of this land. And I'm like, eh, I don't think he did that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. It gives it gives people structure, for yeah. sure. Um. Anyway, writers, do you have any more questions before we have to wrap up? This is a guy who's, like, actually writing TV right now, and I'm sure that'd be a desirable position for either of you at this point. What's the dream project, dude? Are you going to direct at some point, create a... I would love to make... I would love to make, like, a... Like an independent film that has a decent budget that pissed like the establishment off as much as <laughs> I don't know if any of you've ever seen the spook who sat by the door, but like this shit is like it was literally so much so that the government wouldn't let them show it in in theaters. The only way it survived is people like held onto the footage for years, put it to like cobble it together. You can tell the audio is off in places, but if you watch it on YouTube, like that film made people so mad in power that they couldn't let people see it what was it called the spook who sat by the door okay so you want to so you want to do like a spike lee kind of way more than spike like okay. th this shit like actually made people nervous because it, it, it essentially it is a handbook on how black panthers could have overthrown the government okay and like i think doing some shit like that would be i could retire happy <laughs> have you guys ever heard of the controversial film the great train robbery is anyone familiar there, there's a train in it. Yep. <laughs> there's also a robbery. Exactly. Yes. So the first real controversial film in American cinema was called The Great Train Robbery because they had one static medium shot of a train perspective wise. It looked like it was coming at the camera and people got up and they ran out of the theater <laughs> because they thought it was going to pop out of the fucking screen. How crazy has that been in terms of consumer adoption of content think of that yeah. think of if you're watching like a shot right now and like someone is punching the screen you're like whoa yeah how nuts is that that was only six that what was that like 70 years ago what was that like 10 years ago man <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's crazy um anything you want you'd like to promote before we wrap up we can do this again sometime uh shit man i wish i was better promoting um your book you're still selling a book yeah, still selling a book. Check out the collection. You can uh, shit on it on Goodreads. It's been shit on plenty. But uh, how are you going to save yourself? I think it's got some beauty in it. It's honest. It's about Pawtucket. It's a love story to Pawtucket in some ways. Um, and then watch the show. Swagger is coming out. And Watch City is coming out as well. Uh, and then I have a second book with uh, Little Brown, which uh, is called Me and Mine. It's not out yet, but when it is, we'd love for you to pick it up. Who is Little Brown? Uh little publisher hashtag little brown got it um, one more thing i want to ask before we wrap up here um 
How do you sell a book? You sell it to the publisher? Agent usually sells it to the publisher. Okay, got it. But you, I think you can skip that step depending on like if you have a manager, if you, you, you query uh, editors directly. I, I, uh, I, the second book I wrote is currently being published. I'm working with the editor. Oh, uh, beautiful. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good way to do it too because agents just take a cut at the end of the day. So like if you have a good agent, great. If you have a shitty agent, like just bypass it. Go to the editor, yeah, 100%. All right, man. So this is how we start and end the show. I'm going to say it once. I will not repeat myself. Please execute on the first time. So we can get out of here and I can get you a sweatshirt. Because I did get you one. But I got you an XL. I kind of got a feeling, no offense, you're just a bigger guy than I imagined. Double X, yeah? Okay. All right, I'm going to run to the car. I'm going to run to the car. <laughs> you have to say this. Hi, your name. Jam. Hold on. And this is my golden hour. Directly after no break, hi, your name, and that was my golden hour. Okay. <laughs> hi, my name is JM. In the in Slate to the camera, yep. Slate. This is Hollywood. Hi. Uh, hi, my name is JM, and this is my golden hour. Hi, my name is JM, and that was my golden hour. Boom. Well executed, man. But his last name is Holmes. Like you go by J.M. Holmes, yeah? Yeah, I do go by J.M. Holmes. Okay, anyway, all good, man. Gio, we're all set, man. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Thank yeah. you. Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait. Was that not it? Hey, enter. Just, you forgot to enter.